Hello, everyone, and welcome to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by my co-hosts, Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. LSU is now entering game week for the college football playoff final against Clemson, and it's all come down to this, folks. And uh, we're just going to give you a little uh, preview of the game, along with any other news that's come out during the week, uh, recruiting, coaching, otherwise. Uh, but before we do, just wanted to let you know, if you're not already following us on Twitter, please do so, at Talkin' Tigs. Uh, we're also on Facebook as the Talkin' Tigs podcast, and you can find our episodes on iTunes and Spotify as well. Uh, let's want to check in with the, uh, I just wanted to check in with the co-host before we get started, see how you guys are doing. So, how are you doing? Well, Scott, you know, doing great. Another Another week closer to the national championship we're you know seven days out right now as we record um and you know i, I think there's i think everyone probably every uh, tiger fan right now is a little bit nervous uh, pretty anxious and excited about you know what could happen um but i'm ready to kind of break this game down a little bit and uh and you know kind of get everybody's thoughts on on what we think will happen yeah, yeah i think we've kind of I don't know, for me, it feels like things have kind of quieted down a little bit, maybe the, kind of the calm before the storm, but uh, it's kind of the come down from the big Oklahoma game, but I know the tension is going to be building up every single day leading up to the game uh, next Monday, a week from when we're recording, so I just can't wait for that. We've got a new little microphone set up here, so hopefully get some good sound quality for our listeners, uh, give us some feedback on how that is, but yeah, uh, let's get right into it, I suppose. Yeah, I uh, just want to say right off the top, Daniel, it sounds great. Uh, sounds sounds better than ever, I would say. Uh, I wanted to to circle back to you, Tommy, though, because um, yeah, I mean it it, it does kind of seem like a, an off week. It feels like the national championship game should be tonight. Um, I don't know off the top of my head if they'd had a bye week before, because uh, it seems like a long time, you know, to extend the college football season. But uh, I wanted to ask you. I mean, I definitely feel a little anxious and excited, but why would you feel nervous about this game? Do tell. Well, I, I think that there's, there's no doubt um, that Clemson's going to be the best team we'll face. Definitely, I would say, the best offense we'll face. Um, you know, arguably the best defense. I still, I, I still, even though their performance in, the, um, in the, the Outback Bowl wasn't that great, I still think Auburn might have been the best defense we've we played against. But regardless, you know, Clemson is top, is top five in both categories. And I, I don't think anybody disputes that. Uh, now I'm not, you know, by no means am I. Do I think that LSU is is undermatched or that we can't play it to that to that level? But at, you know, whenever you play a great team like this, uh, you know, you got to you got to bring your A game. And so I guess those nerves were kind of good. Um, I actually I was watching something last night and the guy was saying that, you know, uh, the that nervousness and excitement are the same feeling inside. So. You know, it's it, that nervousness. You need a little bit of that to keep you in the locked in. And I think we kind of saw that with uh, the way LSU is kind of locked in after having a little bit of a nervous run against uh, Ole Miss and how you know they, nothing was clicking really, especially on the defensive side of the ball. That that uh, little bit of fright of oh man, we might lose to this team really snapped them in. And since then, they've been on the they've been on the warpath. So. You know, it's the national championship. It's the biggest game of the year. This is what you we prepare for. This is what we talked about in in August and July. You know, as a, as just a wish. 
So, I, you know, I, th- I think that's the reason I'm nervous. I'm not really nervous that we can't, that we can't win it, but I'm more so nervous of just, you know, the, the, the gravity of this game. Right. Yeah, you, you had mentioned about kind of the breakdown against Ole Miss. I think Josh Lemoyne, friend of the pod, was saying that getting exposed against Ole Miss was like the best thing that could have happened for this team uh, because it really kind of exposed a little bit of our weaknesses on defense, especially uh, with the run game that they had, and then allowed Dave Aranda to kind of get his ducks in a row and put his players where he needed to. And then definitely showed up against Georgia and then Oklahoma uh, after that against tougher competition when the defense really stepped up. And that's what we're going to need against the, the high-power Clemson attack. And uh, we can dive into that. But, yeah, we're just really kind of honed in at this point, and I think we'll be ready for it. I agree. And um, I, I think we can delve into the, uh, you know, the defensive aspect of that in, in a second, you know, because, you know, it, it is Clemson, and they, they do have a, a stud QB at the helm. Uh, but I figured we could kick it off with offensive first. And I don't know. I, I, I don't think my I, – I realize, you know, we're, we're going against Clemson, and they've been here before. You know, this is their second straight title game, or, you know, it will be. But I, I don't know. I just I I kind of feel like some of the LSU players do in that I just don't know if if anyone really can stop this team this year. You know, I mean, it, it remains to be seen if if the team's going to progress the same next year with a, a different QB. Hopefully, the you know the same offensive coaches intact. But I just don't feel like anyone can really stop LSU. It's just a matter of keeping up with them. You know, so I, I don't know. It, just you know, looking back at Clemson's season, do you think that I, I don't know if they've faced anyone, you know, that had the, I guess the offensive firepower that LSU did. Uh, so it, I guess that would be my uh, my point of interest is, you know, could, could they even stop someone that if they needed to? I, I don't know. I, we, we, I guess their best game might have been Ohio State, and. In the beginning, they didn't, but in the end, they did. So, uh, yeah, you know, it's, I think that's good and bad for them. But uh, do you think that Clemson's defense can actually stop LSU to the point where Clemson's offense could kind of control the game? I pose that to you. Tommy uh, or Daniel, whoever. Well, I, I think that LSU's undisputed, you know, been the best, the, uh, best offense in, in college football. And you know we're explosive. We got we got all the talent at wide receiver. We've got the talent at running back. We've got a, a you know a really dynamic uh, tight end in Thad Moss, and our offensive line has played you know incredibly. So we're a very very well rounded um, pass. Oh, and I even failed to mention. I, you know I, it goes without mentioning, but Heisman Trophy winning quarterback, surgical. You know I, I think that he's he's. You know, arguably one of the best, or arguably the best quarterback to ever play the game in college football, or the at least the best in single season. Um, that being said, you know, I I think that what we we've saw what we saw, um, I I know I keep going back to Auburn, but that was definitely our worst game of the season, um, and that was you know the closest game we played pretty much, and that was you know maybe the stiffest defensive competition. And where we struggled, we moved, you know, if you look at the stat sheet, we moved the ball up and down the field, no issue, like we always have. You know, we had the big kind of gashing plays where Jamar Chase or Jordan Jefferson or uh, Terrace Marshall get loose. You know, Joe finds a way, puts it, puts it right where it needs to be, and they, they, you know, rip it off for 30 yards. But where we ran into trouble, and I, I don't know, y'all, I, I think y'all remember this, 
you know, we'd get into the red zone and and uh, Auburn would bow their necks, and we'd get we'd turn they'd turn seven to three, you know, real easy, to make us force us to kick a field goal. So, you know, that's that's where Clemson. I think that's what Clemson has to has to basically say. We we're gonna they're gonna concede, you know, that they're gonna concede basically 80 yards of the field. Just that bend but not break mentality. Exactly. You know, yeah. Take take your take your long your long one. Uh, you know, your long uh, your long pass to, George, to Justin Jefferson. But when we get uh, first and goal, you know, you're not going to take it from us. Um, that's and I think that's a that's kind of where where you'll see the game play out. If they can if they can do that more times than not, then obviously the game gets gets a lot closer. And in a close game. Then you know I don't know. That's kind of what we saw with the Ohio State game. They kept that game close. They were down, um, you know, down at the start. It kind of looked like it was all Ohio State in the first half, but uh, they made those key stops. And you've got Trevor Lawrence and Travis Etienne, Justin Ross, uh, T. Higgins. They're on the other side of the ball. And so if you give those guys a, ch- a chance and you don't step on their throat, then anything's possible. And that's kind of where it comes into. It, you know, they were saying about the, the Ohio State-Clemson game. Those are, the, you know, arguably the two best teams or two, you know, top, definitely top three teams in college football battling it out. Any team could have won that game. I, th- you know, I don't think anybody could have – I don't think anybody thinks there was a clear uh, mismatch in that game in the same way that LSU-Oklahoma was. And so I think that for LSU, we need to do what we've done to pretty much all the, all the big teams we've played so far, and that's strike – early strike um, with the deep passing game and really, you know, put the pedal to the metal and say, you know, try to catch us. Yeah, I agree. So just to start off with LSU on offense, Clemson's strength, this isn't going to be any, like, revelation of analysis, but Clemson's strength is definitely up the middle with their D-line and their linebacking core. Uh, They're led by Xavier Thomas, a true sophomore, the number three overall recruit in the country in 2018 class, only behind Justin Fields and his teammate Trevor Lawrence. Uh, so he's a beast, kind of a stand-up D-end, like hybrid linebacker type player. He plugs all the holes. And so I think they'll maybe contain us a little bit, especially if Clyde is, uh, Edwards-Alaire is not at 100%, which uh, Coach Ed Ordron said today, uh, Monday the 6th, that Clyde's getting back there and he expects him to be back to full strength on uh, Wednesday. So it looks like he'll be good to go, which is a good sign, obviously. But so if we can kind of just get what we can out the middle and then just put them on islands out on the side with Jamar Chase and Justin Jefferson, I think that's where we can take an advantage because they have some decent corners, uh, A.J. Terrell being their best cover guy, but nobody with, like, a ton of experience or, like, they don't necessarily have a Derek Stingley or Christian Fulton, like a shutdown guy. So I think we'll be looking to run some deep routes, deep slants there, and then just strike deep early and then that'll kind of open up in the middle for Clyde uh, to bust off some long runs. So although uh, Isaiah Simmons is their kind of hybrid linebacker safety, he rose all over the field too. So we have to keep an eye on him. But Joe has shown time and again that he has the ability to kind of look off safeties. Tommy and I were watching some analysis of the Oklahoma game where Oklahoma's safeties were constantly just in no man's land, just not getting the help they need because Joe Burrow was just a threat all over the field. And I think if we can replicate that, certainly a formula for success. Uh, definitely. Um, and I think it's interesting that, uh, you know, when you look at the, the defensive stats of, of teams and you look at 
specifically points allowed. Clemson is first. You know, as far as total defense of all the teams in uh, in Division One, Clemson is first with 10.6 points per game allowed. <laughs> uh, Georgia is actually right behind them. But, you know, LSU had no problem with Georgia, and Georgia definitely had stiffer competition. Uh, so did Ohio State. They're, they're neck and neck with, uh, with Georgia, actually. Um, and I, when you look at LSU, who leads the country with 48, I, almost 49 points per game scoring, uh, you know, something's got to give there. And I, I don't think it's going to be on LSU's side. I don't think LSU's going to score, you know, anywhere near 10 points. It's going to be closer to 48 so my my you know instincts go with the Tigers there. I, I just don't think that Clemson has really faced an offense like this. So uh, you know it's going to come down to you know positional breakdowns, schemes, and all that. Um, so I don't know. It, it could just be a you know a competition thing because Clemson has faced a a weaker schedule, and that's been pretty much the consensus of the rest of America. As, you know, much to, to Dabo Swinney's, uh, sh- you know, how do you say that, Chag- chagrin? Much to his dismay. Maybe that's it. Uh, much to Dabo- there. What's that? I think both work there. <laughs> okay. Yeah, so much to Dabo Swinney's dismay, uh, you know, his team has not faced as stiff a competition as LSU. And when you just look at the offensive categories, Joe Burrow is second in the country. Jalen Hurts is like eighth. Sam Ellinger actually ranks number 10th. And Trevor Lawrence is all the way down at number 19. Even Jordan Love, who, uh, who Utah – actually, I'm, gonna, I'm sorry. I'm going to save that for that's, – that's more of like a defensive thing. Yeah, so I – just based on that, on just LSU's offensive firepower, I don't think that Clemson's going to be able to hold them like they've been able to help – you know, hold everyone else. Even Ohio State scored, you know, upwards of 20. Uh, and LSU's going to have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire back. Everyone else is pretty much healthy. You know, there's, uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with Joe Burrow. So, you know, unless Joe Burrow gets struck by lightning in the next seven days, I, I just don't see how, you know, they're going to take him out of the game. You know, no one's done it all yeah. season. So, you know, if, if you can't stop Joe Burrow, I don't know how you're going to stop LSU as a team. Um, you could try and keep up with them score-wise, but you know we'll, we'll get into this in a second about LSU's defense. But I just I just don't see how you can keep up with LSU if you can't stop the offense. And pretty much you know like you said, Auburn kind of did, but everyone's gonna have that one bad game. We point to Clemson's one bad game as UNC, but you know I, I don't think you can compare UNC to Auburn on, on the same level. Oh yeah. Uh, so you know that's. That's that's just how it is. So I think we're all in agreement that LSU's offense is pretty much almost impossible to stop. I think I said it last week they're pretty much un, unstoppable. Uh, but there's only one game left to tell about that. So you know, it, let's say Clemson is able to find a way to slow them down even a little. Uh, you know, LSU's defense is is going to be right there. So. Uh, you know what? What? What say you about LSU? Well, we we can throw it to you, Daniel. Uh, what do you think about LSU's matchup against Clemson's offense? Like, will will LSU's defense be able to slow down Trevor Lawrence, Travis Etienne, and Clemson's offense? 
Yeah, I think we can. It's kind of the reverse situation for us a little bit where I think our strength is on the edge. So even if there are receivers, Justin Ross and uh, T. Higgins are so explosive, then Stingley and Fulton will match up well against them and shut them down. I'm not sure how we're kind of go, go about the scheme, whether we're going to just play uh, shadow where, like, say, Stingley is on T. Higgins every single play or just kind of kind of go down the sidelines where they just mark up whoever's there. We'll have to see on that one. Uh, but, like I said, our strength in the middle is maybe not quite what it needs to be. Clemson's running attack with Travis Etienne, Louisiana product. I know everybody's talking about this, how we didn't quite recruit him as heavily as we wanted to, but he'll just like blow you away all of a sudden with a 60-yard run. He's done that multiple times this year. And then they get a good change of pace back in Lynn J. Dixon. They like to use both of those guys kind of out of the backfield a little bit like we do with Clyde uh, and uh, what's, and ETN showed that well in, in the game against Ohio State. So that'll be something to watch out for. Uh, if we can contain the edge, then I think we'll do well. And Clemson's offensive line is maybe one of their weak points. I think if we can exercise a little pressure, Calavon has been playing really well in the past few weeks. If he keeps that up and Trevor Lawrence gets knocked around a few times, like he did against Ohio State, then that, I think they'll start getting to him and then we'll kind of wear them down down the stretch where the, our offense gets the ball back, we keep scoring, and they just can't keep up with this like we've done against almost every opponent so far. I don't know if you had any other further analysis, Tommy. Um, I guess just two things I would add. Are one, uh, the, the, the one thing to look at uh, when we're talking about wide, you know, wide receiver versus corner matchups is that T. Higgins and Justin Ross aren't the um, absolute speed freaks like uh, – like Jerry Judy is, like uh, C.D. Lamb is, like uh, Dev- uh, Devontae Smith or Jalen Waddle, And <clears throat> specifically with Stingley, that has been the one, the one thing that we've seen um, be kind of, you know, a, 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 I wouldn't say, even say a problem spot for him. <clears throat> Excuse me. But uh, where, where we've seen big plays come on his side of the field have been these uh, these guys who just absolutely you know run a go route or a post or something like or some sort of deep route and they just blow by him. I don't think that and it's not because he's slow. It's not any of that. It's just that um, you know maybe it's a, I know that in a, on the Alabama game I know that he wasn't set. You know that they looked over to the sideline and he looked over and thought he was trying to talk to somebody and the play started. So, uh, but I think that is one thing that's actually good for LSU is that. You know, T. Higgins and uh, and uh, Justin Ross are going to be more, you know, route runners, more uh, finesse type guys. And with a, a uh, you know, te- uh, technique, uh, you know, master like Derek Stingley, I think we're fine on that. Um, as opposed to if they were just going to try and blow by him, because you can only stop that so much. Uh, the other the other thing that I would mention about, uh, like you said about Travis Etienne. You know, a lot of his game and where they use a lot of where he they find a lot of success with him is uh, in the screen game and in the passing game. So we've been we've been pretty decent, um, you know, with with uh, getting screens, you know, covered, especially with like you said with Caleb on. Um, you know, the the big X factor coming in is Michael Divinity. You know, what what do we have in store for him? He's obviously a, an incredible athlete who you know, is, is capable of um, running down, you know, anybody. So I think that uh, the, the thing about, the thing that Clemson has to do, 
Um, and this kind of goes back to your point, Scott, about the offense is, you know, LSU is, is I think everyone set, would, would agree that LSU has the best offense in college football, and they've pretty much been unmatched all season. But that, uh, that offense is, can only be unmatched all season or can only be unmatched in this game if they're on the field. And so, you know, I look for Clemson to really meth- try to methodically move down the field. I think that's another reason why we had, why we had uh, as much trouble with Auburn as we did. You know, Auburn, even more so than Clemson, had to be a methodical run-it-down-your-throat team because they really have no other, you know, they don't have much talent in, at, at receiver. They don't have much talent throwing the ball with Bo, with Bo Nix or as a, one, of, one of me and Daniel's friends who goes to Auburn calls him Bo Picks. Uh, <laughs> so, uh, you know, with, with that being said, it'll be important for LSU's defense to, to, to you know, get them off the field quick. And, and really get a lot of pressure. I look for Aranda to dial up a lot of pressure. Um, you know, you see this, those blitz packages with Marcel Brooks and uh, Caleb on and probably put Divinity in there. Um, and so, you know, I think that that'll be – it, Clemson is going to try and, and try and, and really work the clock and, con- and control the ball and just take away possessions from us. Because if you try to, I think we've, we've proven throughout the entire season, if you try to uh, go shot for shot with us, we'll take you. And it won't, be any, it won't even be, be close. So if you can control the ball on LSU and, and just deny Joe Burrow the ability to slit your throat, uh, you know, then there's not much you can do. So that's something to look out for. I'm, you know, that's not a novel idea. I'm, I can guarantee that, that Aranda and co. already know that and much, much more. I think we'll be okay, but uh, you know, I, I think that's something for, fan, for fans to watch out for. Yeah, uh, yeah real, sure. quick, real quick, I wanted to say, uh, here's your little trivia fact of the day. Y'all know who Justin Ross, Clemson's number two wide receiver, who his quarterback in high school was? No. LSU backup Peter Parrish. Oh, Ooh. Well, that's kind of cool. Yeah, they yeah. Both, pl- both played at Central High School in Phoenix City, Alabama. Justin Ross, one year ahead of him, but I imagine Peter Parrish was the starter for a few years while he was there, so they'll probably have a little smack talk between them, uh, both before and after the game. But, uh, yeah, now you know. Nice little tidbit of info. Uh, also, I heard that um, Clemson's, uh, I guess, QB, the, you know, maybe the heir to the throne, I guess it remains to be seen, uh, but their five-star QB's prospect has been imitating Joe Burrow uh, ever since you know the last two games were decided. So uh, who who knows if anyone can imitate Joe Burrow because you kind of need Joe Brady to, to imitate Joe Burrow. But uh, that's that's what they're working on. Um, you know, which kind of brings me to a question. And you know, whoever feels it first can take it. But uh, you know, because they're focusing on Joe Burrow, uh, I feel like we need to focus on Trevor Lawrence. And I, I think both teams, LSU and Clemson, are pretty good with the run and against the run. I think LSU and Clemson are kind of neck and neck. They're both averaging around 100, 110 yards uh, per game allowed rushing. But, you know, the Clemson showed a new wrinkle against Ohio State because Trevor Lawrence had like a 60, 70-yard touchdown run. Uh, so, and, you know, going back to your point about you know, Josh Lemoyne's tweet about, you know, Ole Miss and uh, Plumlee running all over LSU, which most of it came in the second half, if we're going to be honest. Uh, but, I, you know, I, I would think, though, that, you know, that's something that, you know, LSU 
faced and has now adjusted to. So do you really think that Trevor Lawrence is going to be this type of running threat where he's going to change the game with his legs as opposed to, say, passing the ball or just handing it off to to Travis Etienne? Like, is that is that going to be something new that they have to face, or is that just something else that LSU has already faced that they just have to face in this game? Yeah, so that maybe worries me just a smidge because obviously we saw us get ran up and down by uh, John Rice Plumley of Ole Miss who is pretty much a, a number one a runner and then number two a quarterback, and Trevor Lawrence is the other way around. But So we, we definitely have a weakness there. But then the counterpoint has already been made that we've adjusted to that when we pretty much held Jalen Hurts in check, who is just about the most dangerous dual-threat quarterback in the country. So we definitely have the ability to not let that happen. Let that happen but it'll keep me, and I assume all the fans on our toes the entire game, just kind of nervous that Trevor is just going to juke one guy out on the edge and just break a huge run off. Uh, so that'll be one thing that I'm sure Aranda's scheming to avoid. Yeah, you know, I think the, the, the interesting thing about uh, Trevor Lawrence and his, his kind of his, the evolution of his game uh, I was talking to a buddy of mine who's a who's a high school coach, and he, you know we were talking about Trevor Lawrence and how he played against Ohio State, and I said, well, you know that 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 didn't that you know that, I thought that was interesting that the best one of his best plays of the night was him running you know running off, and I said, well, that's not really his game. Um, no, it's but not. My friend, well, my friend said in high school it was, so right. I'm not exactly right. sure. I didn't watch him a ton in high school. I've seen the highlights like everybody has, but you know, I didn't, you don't get a, a real feel for how he played the game, and if you can't, if you didn't see full full games, um, but that there, you know, he kind of added it in uh, for that Ohio State game. They kind of added it back because, for the most part, almost every game we've seen uh, Trevor Lawrence play, you know, they they made him that pure pocket passer. I always say, you know, last year especially when when. I first started watching Trevor uh, Trevor Lawrence. I thought this guy he looks he looks and acts like Peyton Manning in the pocket. You know he, he takes he's that long lanky guy. Uh, he throws real upright. And and I've said it you know this year that I think that uh, Burrow he reminds me a ton of Tom Brady. And Ryan Leaf actually said the same thing uh, a couple days ago too. So <laughs> yeah. um, I, you know it's it's going to be a great matchup to see both of them uh, to kind of to answer your question about the, the run, uh, Trevor Lawrence's run, you know, I don't know if – I I tend to think that we won't see it as much as we as we might have seen it against Ohio State. I might be wrong, um, but I, I, I think that LSU has, has proven through with Jalen Hurts. And I, I think, you know, we keep going back to the, to the Ole Miss game, and that's a good – that was a good gut check for us. But I don't think that you're gonna you're gonna develop a game plan off of what everyone would agree is the worst game of the season for a team, um, because odds are LSU's not gonna bring their worst game of the season caliber play to, uh, or yeah, to the national championship. Certainly so, not. Yeah, and if they if we do, then congratulations, Clemson. You know, good. Uh, there you go. But. You know, we we played like you said, Daniel. We played we played Jalen Hurts. I mean, he 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 tried to run first play, and he you know it was nothing. Um, and we're you know we're finally healthy. All everyone's healthy at, at one time, uh, especially on the defensive side of the ball. We got Michael Divinity back, so I I I, I don't anticipate it being as uh, as big a deal as maybe it was in the Ohio State game. 
Yeah. Well, I think if, if LSU can stop Clemson's rushing attack, because they were averaging like 240-something yards a game, like that's, if you can slow that down, then it forces them to pass. And I just don't know if, uh, you know, the Clemson's faced a defense, you know, like this. Uh, if you look at all the offensive stats of all the teams that are in the playoff, LSU was first. Clemson's like three, Oklahoma four, Ohio State five. Just for reference, Alabama was six. Um, but you saw what happened with Clemson and Oklahoma, uh, in Ohio State. You know, they, they were pretty evenly matched. And it, the game kind of came down to one possession to where as you look at LSU versus Oklahoma and LSU just blew them out of the water. So I, I guess for that reason, that's maybe why I'm not nervous. Again, my, my nerves will only come back if, you know, if LSU kind of just uh, took Clemson for granted, took it, took it lightly. I, just, I don't think that they will, though, because they understand the gravity of the situation and they, you know, they've, they've been a tight unit all, all season. Uh, it's just at this point, I think it comes down to just execution, and uh, I, I think the Tigers will execute normally. Uh, Clemson will try to, but I just don't think that they're going to be able to move the ball as well against LSU's defense, especially because they're going to have Michael Divinity back. Now, I, I heard something that he was only going to be in certain packages. Is is that right, or is he going to, or are they going to just kind of use him at will? I, I heard the same thing. Um, I would anticipate, uh, you know, that being somewhat true, you know, as needed, just because, you know, he hasn't been on the field. Um, yeah, in, fair enough. In what? How how long? You know, eight weeks, six weeks. I don't know. That was that was so 2019, Tommy. Yeah, right? really. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I would I would anticipate anticipate that. I think that Scott, you bring up a good point about, um, you know, about Clemson and how they'll have to play. I, I, that, and I think that's the reason why um, it's so important for LSU to get up, to get up, um, you know, by a couple touchdowns early, because that that'll have to you'll have to change your entire game. You know, every team has had to change their entire game plan playing LSU when we get up big, because you can't count on us not to score. You know, on on most possessions we get, and so you know. Being up by two touchdowns or three touchdowns virtually neutralizes ETN. You know, it, it virtually neutralizes the, uh, you know, the the milking the clock because there just isn't that much time. And you know that whenever you give the ball up next time, there's an offense that's coming on the field that'll probably, you know, probably score another one. Um, so I think that that's you know that's why it's another key, like we said, is uh, is to get up get up quick and get up early. Uh, in order to have success and and really, uh, you know, mess with with Clemson's with what Clemson's trying to do. Yeah, um, and just one one last thought as far as LSU's defense is concerned. Uh, you know, you, they obviously have to account for Trevor Lawrence, but um, LSU has had to account for other highly rated quarterbacks before now. Uh, you could go to. Obviously, Jalen Hurts, you could say Tua or whoever, whoever uh, Tua, basically, even though he was kind of kind of limited. Uh, but Sam Ellinger, all those guys ranked above Trevor Lawrence, you know, as far as offensive statistics. And right behind him was Jordan Love, who LSU also faced. 
And I just don't think that, uh, I mean, LSU's already faced guys like this. So I guess I would say that as far as Clemson is concerned, I hope you have more than just, you know, Trevor Lawrence doing what he's expected to normally do in your game plan. There's got to be something else because LSU's already faced guys like this and they beat them. They ran away with it. You know, I, I would say, you know, you could put Jalen Hurts right next to Trevor Lawrence and uh, you could say that they're both equally excellent. But LSU handled Jalen Hurts in Oklahoma. So what's Clemson going to bring to the table that's different than that? I guess that remains to be seen. I think Clemson's a little bit more run heavy as far as uh, Travis Etienne is concerned, but um, I, I think LSU has that advantage as far as their run defense. Um, I don't know. Is there is there really any special teams difference between the two? I don't know that it – I mean, if it came down to field goals, I feel like Cade York would do just fine. But um, Yeah, I think both teams that, are pretty competent there. As long as there's no extreme gaffes, like someone muffing a punt and no, turns, yeah, no the, tide, turns the tide of the game, then I think it's pretty much even there. Yeah. I think, I, you know, like I don't think – I don't see Clemson um, – at least I haven't noticed them having a dominant return man or anything. You know, I, maybe they maybe they do. I haven't seen them. Daniel, do you know? I don't. I'm no, sure I they, they, I'm sure they have a good person back there. Um, does does one of the receivers return punts? I think they like to use Lynn J. Dixon. They're backup running back sometimes, okay. but I don't think he's like really ripped off any huge runs. Yeah, he. I mean, if if he was like you know Tyron Matthew in 2011 or um, somebody like that, we'd know about it. So right, uh, or, or like uh, Devontae Smith for Alabama, or is it Jalen Waddle? Whoever returns punts for them, whoever ran Waddle. Waddle's yeah, the one that ran one back for a touchdown. Okay, yeah. So like, I feel like if if it was one of them, we we'd know. Um, but I, yeah, I, you know, I would I would push back on you a little bit, Scott, on the the thing, the analysis of Trevor Lawrence. Just just to keep in mind. You know, I think that the Trevor Lawrence that, that we saw, and the reason his stats have been down much, so much this season, is his first, you know, fourth of the season was not good. And he, you know, everyone admits that. He admitted it. Um, and he really didn't start picking it up until after that scare with North Carolina. And that's when we started to see the real Trevor Lawrence that we were, were kind of accustomed to. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if he had been, if he played a complete season the entire year. Um, at at his you know typical level, it, that his numbers would be closer to to you know one of the better quarterbacks in the country. Now, obviously, you know that was that's on him that he didn't play as well, and you know I don't know what was behind that. I I think he said he was forcing a little bit too much and kind of a little bit too uh, uh, comfortable you know with relying on himself just to force throws, but uh, I I don't you know I I just I wouldn't want to, I don't think we should expect to see the Trevor Lawrence um, of the beginning of the season in a week from now. I wouldn't either. I wouldn't either. Uh, I, I guess I'd, I'm just looking at, you know, just looking at the overall picture, looking at the competition and looking at the most recent games. Obviously, they throttled Virginia in the ACC championship game, you know, but they had some trouble with Ohio State. And, you know, that's just kind of w- what we've looked at you know, as far as LSU's competition, uh, you know, because Oklahoma, their stiffest competition was Baylor. It was neck and neck in their regular season matchup, but then also in the Big 12 championship game. 
And so you thought, all right, well, these two teams are evenly matched. That is the best the Big 12 has to offer. But when they came to play LSU, it was, you know, it was a night and day difference. I'm just wondering if it's kind of the same thing with as far as the ACC versus, you know, LSU. But we'll yeah, see. no, you're right. I mean, that the uh, the, we'll the level of play you can't you can't compare the level of play. Right. So, um, so anyway, uh, are we? Uh, <laughs> will that conclude our our pre pregame um, matchup talk for right now? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's a good appetizer. Do you want to kind of tell the listeners what we got coming up? Uh, I don't know if I want to spill the beans, but yeah, hopefully uh, an interview with Josh Lemoyne, a big preview coming up, hopefully at you either Saturday or Sunday, and then maybe uh, an instant reaction podcast, maybe Tuesday or Wednesday, so you get y'all all the the championship coverage that you're looking for. Indeed. Yeah, no, I, yeah I think I think that's going to be great. You know, we'll be bringing out more uh, more content for this for this national championship, this historic national championship. And, you know, for everybody out there, all the listeners, just, uh, you know, enjoy enjoy this while we have it because, you know, next year we're going to – we're still going to be good next year. We'll be good in the next five years. But having uh, – this, this is a truly a historic season, and if we get the job done on Monday – you know, this might be this might go down as one of the as the you know the greatest or one of the greatest teams to ever to ever take the field in, in modern college football. Um, so, you know, let's let's just let's just try to enjoy enjoy it, and you know, I'm sure that the, our team that we'll be ready and we'll uh, and we'll get it done. Yeah, I, I couldn't agree with you more in that. You know, this is you know just the, the rest of the college football world aside. Uh, I don't see how you could say that any other LSU team in history, like if LSU wins a week from tonight, how this is not the best LSU team that has been on a field and gone on to win a championship. Um, I don't maybe there's some old school guys that were around that watched the, you know, they were here for the 58 season and, um, and Billy Cannon and all that glory. But um, just the you know just the the sheer offensive dominance that LSU has displayed this year, and you know just with the metrics of the college football playoff, and you know it's post BCS, so there's there's all this human element involved, and you know even though LSU never lost a game, they went from first to second to first to second, and it's just you know, it's just kind of silly sometimes when you think about it. But just looking at what they have done offensively, and in the matter of just one off season, you know, it wasn't like this is uh, Joe Brady's second or third year, and now we're finally seeing the results of his system. It happened in the first year. So when you think about that, when some team gets a, a new quarterback or a new offensive coordinator, you know, a lot of times they can get a pass for the first year because you've got to implement all these schemes. But you know, they already had uh, Joe Burrow in place, and then they bring in Joe Brady and the results were immediate. You know, Joe Burrow said back in the SEC, I think the spring, what do you call it, the spring um, spring meetings? What? So when Joe Burrow was asked about the offense, he said, yeah, we're going to score 40, 50, 60 points a game. And some of us thought, oh, it's, you know, it's optimistic. You want to see that from your quarterback. But, you know, who, who actually believed that LSU was going to consistently score 40, 50, or 60 points a game. Certainly not uh, I. First season out. 
right? So, yeah. but it but it happened. So that's just I just think that is absolutely remarkable. So this this season itself, I don't know if if anything's going to top it. You know, like we've said, like Josh has said, I just don't know if things going to top it. So that's how I feel about this season. Well, we shall see coming at you in literally like seven days to the just about the minute from right now. Uh, yeah, can't wait. exactly. Um, but you know what? That that's still a week from now. We're gonna we're gonna broadcast uh, a little bit before then. There might be some more news be- between now and then, which you know typically happens in in the college football world. There's actually some news that came out uh, since our last game because they had the Under Armour All American game, which some uh, some LSU commits slash recruits were were a part of. Uh, and LSU actually had a big commitment from uh, a cornerback, Dwight McLaughlin commits to LSU at the game. He actually had two interceptions at the game, one return for a TD. Uh, and so, you know, that's that, that just kind of, uh, you know, that's just kind of icing on the cake, I would think. Um, oh, let's go to you, Tommy. Uh, you know, is it, is it, it's kind of the rich getting richer as far as DBU is concerned because, you know, it's um, L- LSU obviously has – plenty of depth at cornerback. We have Elias Ricks coming in to pair with Derek Stingley, but you know, anything can happen, and uh, th- this guy definitely adds some depth. So Yeah, yeah definitely. I mean, the, th- the thing, I, I looked at the, uh, at the depth chart uh, a couple days ago, and if I remember correctly, I think that Christian Fulton's our only upperclassman uh, who's uh, at, at corner, which is pretty crazy to think about how, how young and deep we are because, you know, Stingley's not the only freshman corner we have. We also have uh, uh, Redavious, um, I forget his last name, but he, he's out of Horn Lake, Mississippi. We got him last year. And then, uh, of course, we got Cordell Flott, who's uh, been playing a little bit, you know, as a as an underclassman uh, DB kind of nickel man or uh, corner. And so, yeah, you know, with the, with this pickup um, and his, you know, his, his sign or his commitment, it is another great addition to to an already stacked uh, DB uh, class, and you know, and uh, addition to the depth chart. Yep, and then we just got a couple spots left, so we'll see who we kind of close out the class with. But it'll be the the tussle for the last few recruits as we go into February uh, National Signing Day. But I'm happy with who we got, and uh, we'll keep the great Tiger tradition alive. And can we just talk about this clown show that is the uh, the Zach Evans recruitment process? I was going to mention that. I, I thought I was alone and thought, do we really want this guy at this point? Yeah, like, I, you know, I, I heard from, a, from a, a, a source close to the program that Coach O was done with him, um, and not Josh LeMoyne, I, I would say. It's, so, you know, I'd let him give it to us if it was his, his thing. But another source close to the program that uh, Coach O was done with him, you know, he said don't. And, and it's interesting because when I heard that, you know, I'd heard this guy's a generational talent. Like, you know, you can't – anybody, everybody's clamoring to get this guy. He holds all the cards. But it, when I heard the – I mean, I'm sure y'all – Daniel, I know you heard we talked about it. Scott, I'm sure you heard that Kirby Smart, you know, he signed with Georgia, and Kirby Smart just didn't accept his, his signing. So he's still kind of in limbo. Oh, is and, that what happened? 
That's what yeah, they said. That, that Georgia kind of turned him away even after he signed his letter of intent. So now he like has nowhere to go and maybe. Uh, I, I wonder what that was about. I thought I thought it was it was based on DeAndre Swift coming back, but he's going pro and Zach Evans is still you know he's not expected to sign there. So I was wondering what was going on there. I thought maybe he was flipping to, to LSU, but uh, so Georgia, so Georgia doesn't even want him. Yeah, that's I mean that was that's the most crazy thing because also allegedly he signed on. Early signing day. Yeah, with day Georgia. Day. Yeah, at Georgia. So and and they were just like you know, nah, we don't, I don't think so. So when you, when you have you know when I first heard oh Coach O doesn't want him, I was kind of thinking well, you know maybe he's maybe it's kind of one of those things where he's like I don't want to come here. Oh well, we don't even want you. Kind of you know like it, it where it's a little bit of sour grapes either way. But when you have two of the top programs in the country, you know both act, you know, reported and, you know, under the table pretty much saying, like, yeah, we moved on from this guy. There's some, you know, it seems like there's some serious, uh, you know, locker room issues or character issues or, you know, and, and I'm just glad, I'm kind of glad, you know, it seems like we dodged a bullet. Now, I did see um, where Ryan Clark said that uh, he saw um, he saw Zach Evans at a, at a camp or at a, a an all-star game or something that he said this guy's the second coming of Adrian Peterson. So, you know, maybe maybe whoever gets him, it looks like it might be A and M. You know, they might luck out. But I, yeah, you know, I don't know if 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 he can't even stay on the field, he didn't even you know he didn't play in his uh, in his state championship for his high school team because of a coach's decision. And you know, if that kind of behavior continues on to the next level. Uh, you know, we might never see how great he actually is. Mm. So you think he was held out of this game maybe because of some character issues? Well, the coach that, said... I mean, I know it's probably just a... Um, I think it had to do with a cell phone or something. Like he had a cell phone when he shouldn't have. Or, wasn't that right, Daniel? Yeah, he was using the cell phone in the hotel room when they were supposed to turn him in, and then he got caught somehow. Wow. And I, I think that, you know, I, I, I saw an interview with the coach, and he, he wasn't – he didn't, you know, outright say um, – you know, he, he didn't air all their dirty laundry. But I, could, I, I would imagine that that's not, like, the first time that he's ever done something. You can just tell from the, from the way that he's treated this, uh, you know, this recruitment process, um, you know, he, he clearly has a big ego. And rightfully so, you know, he's a great, he's a great talent. But – we said it before on this podcast. Um, Josh Lemoyne has said it. You know, everybody everybody knows when you get to when you get to a, a five star program like LSU, you're not the only generational talent who's been highly touted in high school and who's been told that you're going to you know be the number one uh, running back of all time. You know, you got to and and we've seen that a little bit with John Emery. You know, John Emery was the highly touted guy and he hasn't seen much of the field. So now John Emery, on the other hand, it seems like has kind of accepted, um, you know, accepted his role this season, and he's still, you know, working hard to get to, to get better for next year. In that, uh, you know, he tweeted, I think yesterday or two days ago, uh, to some of these recruits, you know, if you're an offensive player and you're not coming to LSU and you you turn down an offer from LSU, you're crazy. And so, you know, that's the kind of I think that's the kind of attitude that you that you like to see out of a, a young guy who has a ton of potential but hasn't really um, lived up to it yet but from a from the standpoint of Zach Evans 
um, you know, I'm kind of, I'm kind of glad that we're going to move on from him. I hope we can pick up another good running back prospect, you know, another like a Jameer Gibbs. We've talked about him or um, a Shad Clayton out of Warren Easton and uh, down south. But uh, you know, you don't want to you don't want a guy who's going to tear apart your lock, locker room. And I don't know if he, I don't know if Zach Evans is that guy, but at the moment it doesn't look it doesn't look like he's uh, he's going to be a great force for good and bringing people together. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. And you know, LSU has had no issue finding unsung heroes as far as running back goes. I mean, just look at their starter right now, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You know, bore a product right out of Baton Rouge that I don't know if anyone else really would have, you know, sought out to to scoop to scoop up for their program. But here he is. Um, you know, he just a, a legend in his own right. So. You know, the LSU has competent guys behind him. They will continue to have competent guys, uh, stars excelling right behind him. So I, I don't think that, that LSU necessarily needs Zach, Zachary Evans' commitment. And, you know, at this point, from what you said about Coach O, it sounds like they don't really want it. But, you know, it, it, I don't think it really matters. LSU is going to keep on trucking. I mean, they, they did land the uh, commitment of a five-star linebacker, uh, and I hope I'm saying this right, Rajon Davis. I mean, he committed to him on New Year's Day, and uh, you know, I, I don't know. He he could be the next Evan White for all we know. Um, but LSU's just continue to pull in the recruits. Uh, I don't know if we have to worry about Zach Evans because LSU has a, a a really good backfield going into next year anyway. So um, I don't know. I I'd also wanted to talk about you know some of the coaching moves. I know some guys were supposedly coming after Dave Aranda. He's already uh, you know he stayed home. Nevada found somebody else. Uh, I think someone else is coming after him. They found somebody else. Supposedly people were coming after Joe Brady. You know to maybe even go to the pros at this point. But uh, as far as we know, Coach O said there's a plan in place, so we're staying put. But I don't know if you guys saw uh, you know Mississippi State got rid of Joe Moorhead. Um, and I don't know if you saw this, the, uh, you know, the head coach at Louisiana Lafayette apparently was offered the job, and he said, no, thank you. <laughs> so, wow. <laughs> yeah, I know. It's like it's, it's kind of hard to, to, to imagine that some guy from, uh, I, I don't even know what conference they're in, Sunbelt maybe? Mid-American? Yeah, there's Sunbelt. Yeah, Sunbelt. So he says, yeah, you want to come to the SEC? He says, no, nah, I'm good. I'm good. I, I don't want to. <laughs> I'll take my chances next time. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, wow. And then, uh, you know, uh, apparently Matt Rule is being possibly recruited to the Giants out of Baylor. But uh, I don't know. It's just this, this whole coaching carousel is my entertainment for the uh, for the in-between times, the offseason. Um you guys have any have any thoughts about that? You never really know where these things are going to go. I mean, people thought Lincoln Riley was going to go to the Cowboys, and then they hired Mike McCarthy, a uh, former Packers coach. So it yeah. looks like he might be staying put. Uh, so the the inner workings of coaching decisions are something un, unknown to me. I just kind of got to accept what happens there. Yeah, I, I think that I think that if any moves happen for LSU, you know, we'll have to wait until after the after this championship game. Um, I, I, I certainly I, I think that you know like you said Coach O says he's got the plan in place I, I 
I think that they do. I hope they do. Um, I don't want to lose Joe Brady after one year, but uh, it'll be kind of one of those things we'll just have to wait and see, and, uh, you know, we'll report on it from there. True indeed. All right, so um, where, where do we want to take it from here? All right, well, uh, what's, what's your prediction right now? Uh, with, keep in mind that you can amend it over the course of this next week. I think it's going to be something like 45 to 35 LSU, maybe. Mm. Tommy, you got any early feelers out there? Uh, I, think, I think the game goes one, or goes one of two ways. I think either LSU gets up big and never lets off the gas and we win by two touchdowns, maybe, you know, 14, 17 points. Um, or I think, and uh, yeah, I'd say that, you know, LSU scores at least 45. If, if LSU gets, if LSU gets up big, we're going to, sc- we're going to keep scoring. We'll get to, we'll get to, you know, 40, 50, you know, 50, 60 points, maybe. Uh, if, if Clemson can control us in the red zone and kind of milk the clock a little bit, then I'd, I'd say we, you know, we're still going to score. We're still going to put up points. Then I think that game is a lot tighter, and it ends up being, um, I'd say it's similar to that to that Ohio State game. You know, maybe it comes down to the last play or the last drive, and uh, you know, either team has the opportunity, and and uh, you know, maybe maybe Joe Burrow pulls out some histrionics, and and we win by you know seven or we win by five or something like that. Yeah. I, I don't know. My gut feeling is that it won't be that close. Um, I think LSU is going to, if you know, if they win, it's going to be by at least two touchdowns. And uh, just based on what happened with the, you know, the the playoff semifinal, you know, LSU was up forty-nine to fourteen, I think, at half, and they left Joe Burrow in almost to like the nine-minute mark of the fourth quarter. So. I just don't see them, like you said, taking their foot off the gas at all. Uh, I think if LSU was winning in the second half, uh, they would just keep their foot on the gas just to, I don't know, just because, just to prove a point, just to put it down in the history books that this was the best LSU team, possibly the best team to win a college football championship. Uh, I guess that remains to be seen, though. But that's my thoughts. Yeah, no, I think yeah. I think that uh, you know that the experts, you know, Vegas right now has LSU winning by about five or six points, and um, that's it. Yeah, but that, you know that that number is uh, it started at three, moved up to seven, and I think now it's back settled down around five. Um, so, but a lot of I think a lot of people are saying you know. LSU is going to win by you know they'll 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 easily cover that LSU is going to win by more so you know we'll see I think that I, I can like I said I can see both scenarios um, just depending on you know a few different variables I think either way LSU has a great chance to win um, obviously I'd rather have a nice a nice comfortable you know two and a half touchdown win or something like that yeah we want to start celebrating early fourth quarter so. As much as they can hit the pedal to the metal, that's great. Uh, but but the point the point spread does it does that doesn't have some because Tommy you um, you're an avid better doesn't it have something to do with how much money comes in on Clemson. Yeah, it does. They move it, um, but uh, 
they're not gonna they're not gonna move it uh, they're not gonna move it to a crazy you know number. They're not gonna take it all the way down to if if people just kept betting and betting and betting Clemson, and then they were gonna get destroyed on uh, you know on LSU getting one point or something like that. They're not gonna do that. So it does settle around. It's a market, you know. When you think about uh, not to get off too much into into this into betting or whatever, but it's a it's a market and markets equalize, you know, the equilibrium kind of thing. And so, um, it and and you know that they would say the experts, the sharp betters, are would come in on Clemson if there's if they feel like you know the number's a little bit too high. But uh, I think that really it's just a testament to to how how good these teams are, and. Uh, I think that LSU is definitely capable of winning by way more than six points, but um, I think I think you can't you can't say that it's an it's just an absolute mismatch like like Oklahoma was. Right. I guess that's where my doubt lies is because I see Ohio State, Clemson, and Oklahoma kind of all being somewhat equal, uh, just just based on their you know, their season, but when you look at LSU and what they did against, you know, Georgia in the ACC championship, against Oklahoma in the college football playoff semifinal, uh, I don't know. I, I guess I'm starting to lean towards this overzealous fan that thinks, you know, LSU's going to possibly run away with it. But I, I know that the betting's, you know, they're going to keep each other in check, but I mean, I don't think anybody had LSU winning sixty-three to twenty-eight. <laughs> you know. Yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, no, you're I definitely guess. right on that one. Yeah. So I, I guess I guess we will see. Um, any uh, any final thoughts on this one, guys? Don't think so. We'll be uh, hitting y'all up later this week with the final preview, and then for this biggest game in a very long time for the LSU Tigers. Can't wait. Yeah. How about you, Tommy? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, you know, can't wait. We got uh, more stuff coming, so you know, t- tune into Twitter, stay stay active on your uh, on your social medias, and be checking the uh, the podcast app. You know, Apple, Spotify, or wherever. Um, hopefully, get some you know some a nice interview pregame, and then get that reaction after the game. But um, you know, I'm just ready to I'm ready to get uh, get this game underneath underway. Amen. Can't wait to see this matchup. Uh, I would like to uh, to put this out there. Uh, LSU's basketball coach Will Wade, who who is currently enjoying I think a nine and four record, one and zero in the SEC, because um, they just beat Tennessee. But he's actually a Clemson alum, and when asked about what he, his thoughts were about this game, he says, "Well, you know, I'm an LSU Tiger now." And, you know, he, he wasn't really shy with his prediction. He wasn't conservative by any means. He put LSU at 42 and Clemson at 27. So <laughs> I think that kind of just goes to show you, even if you, uh, you know, if you went to Clemson, just being objective, you have to kind of look at LSU as the favorite in this one. And uh, LSU coach Will Wade, who is a Clemson alum, is no different. So Will Wade has LSU winning 42 to 27. We'll see if his line moves any in the next week. But we will also follow the news this week to see if that changes any, because uh, anything can happen in a week, as we have come to know in college football. But that'll do it for us for now 
for Talking Tigs. Uh, please tune in next week. We'll have some up-to-the-minute pregame coverage for you and uh, also some postgame coverage for you as well. Uh, but we will talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.